Hello and welcome to Calcutta Art House, an irreverent and uninformed podcast on the parallel cinema of Bengal. I'm Prama Chowdhury. And I'm Ayala Khamsun Lushkov. And why am I having to remind you to say your name? Did you forget your name? Um, I don't know. It seems like I know my name. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's good. That's good. Um, anyway, today is... Uh, is It's that phase of the semester, you know. We're knowing your name is about as good as it gets. Yes, yes. But we did today get um, an exciting gift from our university president, um, who um, is recognizing the hard work of of faculty and staff by giving us not one, but two downloadable Zoom backgrounds. So I was very, there were so many things that confused me about that message. So the first thing is why and what exactly happened in that office that led to this being considered a good decision. You want to be in that planning meeting. You want to be, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, imagine like a Vladimir Putin-like situation where, you know, he's like, this is how it's going to be. And everyone's like, I don't want, you know, the grenade launcher in my chair or, you know, the, the poisoned umbrella tip or whatever. So I'm just <laughs> going to go with the Zoom background being a great idea. Yeah. I mean, alternatively, someone is was like... By the way, really... I just want to make clear that that, that was sarcasm before <laughs> any other things that I'm actually comparing the university president of Vladimir Putin. It was a joke. Um, no, but like, it, you, what, what happened? What? I don't know. Maybe someone was like, I just really wish I had a, a cutesy, UT-themed, pastel, faculty-specific background. Well, but then it, within the message itself, there were so many perplexing things. It said, um, this has been custom-designed. I mean, really, they, were, they should have used the word bespoke. bespoke. Oh, that was a lost opportunity. But anyway, whatever. Um, had I been in that meeting, I would have said, this will all be fine. Just use the word bespoke. <laughs> and it's legit. Uh, no, so uh, a custom-designed uh, Zoom background for the most generous faculty and staff. Maybe the least generous faculty and staff got uh, just any a old... A workday stress club? Or just like any old Zoom I, background. I should give the background to that. So for people who don't work at our, our institution, uh, at some point we... I, I, I won't go into the ins and outs because I've, I've no idea, but at some point we contracted with a, a startup to handle... No, not us specifically. No, the not university. us. The university contracted with a startup to deal with... Um, uh, it was a, it's like a, an enormous HR Whatever, behemoth like... of a system, you know, it's very complex. Anyway, so uh, it placed a huge burden on the staff. I mean, just really unforgivable how much extra work they had to do to kind of deal with all of this. So you'd have thought, you know, that they would be appropriately compensated. Well, some of them so, got a nice <laughs> bonus. Some of them, in, well, I don't know that, whether that was sufficient, but I mean, it, it seemed better than the Zoom background. Um, and the reason why this is per- pertinent is because, of course, that was not what was given to all of the staff. Um, those in, was it engineering or something? Mm. Yeah, they got a, they got a bonus to compensate them for this enormous quantity of extra work. But uh, yes, uh, most other staff got a small rubber stress cloud. <laughs> I mean, I will just I will just state for the record that whenever anyone wishes to recognize my efforts as going above and beyond the call of duty, I would prefer to be compensated in cash. Well, I was thinking that maybe or it could also be the kind of, like, the bar should be, would you want to receive this thing? Like, would you want a workday stress cloud and for someone else to get, like, three grand? Would you want a choice of two UT-themed Zoom backgrounds? You mean a, a do unto others? Uh, yeah, I think that's a reasonably good principle to, you know. No, I mean... What's particularly funny because wasn't this also, right, I mean, there was a minor controversy over the initial appointment because of the salary increase over the previous yes. president. So you have this strange situation where on the one hand, you know, the the, the president is just like, I need my $1.2 million salary. <laughs> on the other hand, in recognition of all of you, is a couple of custom designs. I mean, th- there were two Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> there were two. One of them was like your pretty standard, you know, development orange background yeah. with the like a picture of the tower. There's yeah. a famous tower uh, in Austin. There's the central. <laughs> not famous for, for the, good reasons. Not famous for good reasons. It's actually very sad. It's famous for a, for a, for a shooting. Like was it one of America's first mass shootings yeah, um, in the 1970s? Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, but it's a centerpiece of the university, both physically in, in, in space, but also because, like, when the sports teams do well, they light it up and stuff like that. So it features on a lot of the 
yeah. the development material and they and development is just you know fundraising for, for so you can put that as your zoom background yeah, which basically like, says to me i want your money well it does like <laughs> proud proud supporter yeah it's basically like i i am the kind of person who donates to ut so you should too and then the other Zoom background is like an it's like an animated office or something. Yeah, and it's done in pastel, and it's clearly the two are gendered, right? Like the dudes are supposed to use the like the UT, the the orange. Oh, I didn't even. Okay, all right. I Whereas see that. the other one is obviously directed at I female, got, female staff. But that's members. the one I would have gone for. Um, that's just, yeah. I mean, all right, you're a you're a progressive. Uh, that's one a man. Way, one way a, a man. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pastel type. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Anyway, this, uh, this, this rant that may or may not get us fired. Um. No, free speech. Tenure. <laughs> Isn't this what tenure is for? Um, is, is actually not inappropriate because the movie that we are talking about today, um. Is about getting insulted. It's about getting insulted. <laughs> in the workplace. In the workplace. In the workplace. Yeah. It is, it is for the first time this, Series. It is a, a workplace-centered film, yeah. um, and and so you know that's well. And also, the biggest news of all. Well, the biggest news of all is that the biscuit report is coming back. Oh yes, the biscuit report. So is coming rest back. assured. And my students were not happy about the loss of the biscuit I, report. I did think that the Megan biscuit Agathara, that the was, biscuit report has become a, a central feature. I didn't realize. I I think it's central because I really like biscuits. Yeah. But anyway, today we have a double biscuit feature, but with a twist. One of them's not a biscuit. Well, both of them are technically not a biscuit. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's like the biggest <laughs> adult. That's a great twist. Uh, <laughs> but, but before we do that, uh, we thought we would actually tell you what the movie is. So the movie is called The Big City or... Or uh, Mahanagar. Yeah. Um, or the, and, the Great City or The Metropolis. Yeah. And I've obviously started thinking of it as Sex in the City. Um, because I'm listening to a, a podcast about sex in the city called Sentimental Garbage, and it is fabulous. Um, but anyway, uh, and it is kind of about sex in the city. A little bit, yeah. 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 Um, it's about sexuality and sexualization and the city. Yes. More than about, you know, drinking Cosmos and whatever. Yes. And actually not being that much of a feminist. Sure. Yeah. But Pramit, as you can tell, is a big Sex in the City fan. And having gone to the cinema... Uh, to watch both movies with me, I suppose he's entitled to, to his opinion. Um, Second and third worst movies of all time, after Bedazzle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm not going to go down that, <laughs> that that digression. So, do you want to summarize? Well, so the, the, okay, so the big news that wasn't the biscuit big news. I might summarize that, the movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. The big news is that nobody died. Oh, we yes, should nobody. celebrate. There, there was sickness. My, my students were just like, you know. They, they, they were like, when um, the kid had a fever, we were getting a bit nervous there. Because it is. so far, basically anyone who's had a fever has either died or has foreshadowed someone else dying. Yeah. It is kind of like Game of Thrones, right? You don't want to get attached because... Like... I, you know, I think this is why stuff like Game of Thrones doesn't faze me. Because I'm just so used to just like mass death in the, the media that I watch that I'm just like, yeah, okay. don't get attached. No. Yeah. Um, it's very Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nobody dies, which is very important. And actually, it actually kind of has an happy It kind of has a, like, the, 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 the characters are all unemployed, which in, you know, a movie about the workplace is obviously a bit of a downer. But yeah, it ends on a positive note. This seem- is the first time we've been through, like, how many weeks of this podcast? Uh, like, this is the seventh episode that's focusing on film. All of the movies. I was I was also going to say um, that this movie is in some way is like the mirror image of Davy. Yes, it is exactly like that. Um, that, is, that. I would never have said that. That is right. Yes, well, I, I do have some talents. <laughs> no, I'm saying all the content comes from you. I just do the biscuit. <laughs> anyway, uh, summary. Summary. So we uh, we see uh, a family, right, all living together. The family. It's a you know it's a, it's a family where the, the husband and wife have uh, a son, Pintu. Um, the husband and wife are called Shubrata and uh, Arati, and they live with Shubrata's mother and father and his younger sister. So Priyagopal used to be a teacher. And his students have gone on to do successful things. But his son, not so much. His son is an accountant uh, at a bank and uh, is conservative. At one point, explicitly, he says that he's a bit conservative like his father. And the the the, the mother um, cooks and cleans and generally looks after the, 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 the household. Um, but she's older 
Uh, and then the daughter-in-law also does this work at home. But at some point, the uh, Arati, um, Shubhra's wife, wants to take a job herself. And so she she applies for a job uh, and she works as a salesperson uh, for a firm selling sewing machines. Uh, well, it just says a machine. I think it's a sewing machine. Um, could and- be a Delta. <laughs> you might cross back into sex and city there. Uh, no, so uh, it's a sewing machine, and uh, this causes great consternation because we, you know, this is a film made in the early '60s. We have kind of a conservative family that is Shubhra, especially, who feels kind of emasculated by his wife earning actually more money than 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 he does. Um, but also changing in character. At one point, he looks at her and he says that she's changed. Um, and you kind of detect this, like, on the one hand, this frisson of excitement about her being, you know, a more dynamic, confident woman, but also, like, extreme anxiety at his emasculation. Yeah. And uh, the, the parallel plot is that his father who's kind of self-pitying throughout the film. I mean, he too has a, a kind of rehabilitative moment at the end. But um, the father, who doesn't have enough money to fix his glasses and doesn't have enough money to go to the doctor, he uh, needs money for, from from his, his son and his daughter-in-law. And he really loves his daughter-in-law, but he's he too feels that you know, times have changed in a way that he can't really get behind. So he says he's kind of supportive, but he's, he's not really. And he's particularly... Uh, he starts to get quite. He starts to get quite negative about his own son. So he goes to his old pupils, who are all successful. There's, a, there's an eye doctor, there's an optometrist, there's a. Uh, I can't remember exactly what all of the others do. They refer to a port commissioner, a barrister. Um, there's a doctor, but anyway, he goes to these former pupils. Um, and he basically asks for stuff from them, but in a very kind of like, I'm not really asking for it way. And uh, the responses are kind of progressively more negative. Um, so we have the world of work and then we have a world of, of kind of, it seems almost like, you know, begging, except at the beginning, the, the, the eye doctor, he says, um, he gives him a pair of glasses and he says, it's for free, consider it uh, a gurudokin, like a, a, a a gift to my former teacher because you know we've all stood on your shoulders we've all benefited from your teaching and that's why we're successful and you're like oh this is a kind of somewhat positive model of you know this old relationship where you know you do good for others but then uh, as you go through his you know meetings with these other students it gets progressively worse where they start saying well you know why isn't your son helping you out Um, and one of them actually says um, so his wife speaks to him in a, in, a, in, a, in a room at the back and says, oh, you know, uh, that's your teacher. Um, and he says something about, oh, yeah, he was very quick to bring out the cane and you know, give us corporal punishment. So suddenly we have a, like a much more negative impression of his, you know, uh, this romanticized view of his teaching is somewhat tarnished um, and his self-denial. Meanwhile, um, in the office... Uh, one of the ways in which Arati is, you know, more modernized um, is actually through her friendship with uh, a key figure in, in, in the film, Miss um, Simmons, um, an Anglo-Indian woman uh, who speaks, speaks English speaks English throughout the film. She says she speaks uh, Hindi. Um, she knows like a little bit of Bengali, but she basically speaks English throughout the whole film. Um, and Arati doesn't really. She can understand uh, Edith's English. And uh, Edith can understand a little bit of uh, Arthur's Bengali. So uh, they develop a friendship. And, um, you know, Edith puts on lipstick and gives Arthur some lipstick. And Shubhrata is a little bit scandalized by the lipstick <laughs> as a symbol of, you know, fr- freedom, but also kind of too much independence that disturbs him um, or salaciousness. And, and that, I feel the film is a lot about men being suspicious of you know, women's sexuality or allowing them autonomy and at the same time the ad that Arathi answers to early in the movie asks for a smart and attractive woman so the film is very clear that you well know, and and what's his name it's very Shibata. like yeah he's very like obsessed with the fact that she is like smart and attractive like when he says like you know but you're too attractive yeah. you know what 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 if people look at you at, yeah. and at some point he says oh well you know women shouldn't work because attractive women like you would distract the men which is like I you you know yeah which is exactly which is something that you know people people still say today and i'm just like it's just so um yeah so our our initial impression of shubhra and actually for most of the the film is is supposed to be pretty negative right like his conservatism is kind of 
it fails on multiple grounds, right? It fails because he's kind of chauvinistic and patriarchal, but like his conservatism is also clearly one of the reasons why he does not do well in the workplace. Well, so, also he's like whiny and doesn't seem actually that good at his job, whereas Artie is actually very good at her exactly. job. Exactly. So he, uh, <laughs> you're laughing and coughing at the same time. So we were talking about why Schubert's like, why his conservatism makes him not especially good at his job. So um, in in the in the Schubert line of the story, he works at a bank, um, and there are clearly a number of banks going bust at this time. And we have a scene in which someone goes to open an account uh, and takes Schubert's word for it that actually this uh, bank is going to uh, it, its position is good as uh, uh, as it said in the dialogue. Obviously, we know that, you know, as soon as, soon as he, we hear him say that, we're like, oh, we know, we know where this is going. Um, and indeed, uh, the bank does uh, go under. And uh, so Shubrutov is forced to rely on Arati's incomes, the sole income for the family. The whole family is, is, is forced to rely on her. Um, he's actually just asked her to resign before that. And she has a resignation letter. Um, she's not happy about resigning, but she does it. Um, because Shubhazo is apparently going to do his banking job and then he's going to take another part-time job as well, right? So he's going to take on more work, really mostly in order to prevent her from working. But at the very moment where she's about to hand in her resignation letter, he uh, he calls her to say the bank has gone under and so he, she shouldn't hand it in. But uh, later in the scene, uh, sorry, in, in a later scene, uh, when her father comes to to visit the family, he says, "Well, you know, I put some money in the in the in the bank. How come you didn't know that it was, you know, in a in a precipitous state?" And he said, "Well, you know, I just took the the word of the the senior executives at the bank." And the father-in-law is clearly, you know, a little bit disappointed. But I mean, it, it sounds as if he hasn't invested a lot in the bank, so it's not particularly bad for his for his financial welfare. But I just want to say that this movie is like the Bengaliest. Like, in in what way? I think it is, but I mean, it just all sounds very familiar in ways that we might not specify for <laughs> the sake of our listeners. <laughs> um, I I mean, how many is. times have you gone to meet? Bank officials. Oh, and yeah. I see. There is something about the kind of the difference between like a pragmatic approach to, I mean, all aspects, I guess, of success and a kind of a romanticized approach. And the film definitely makes that a theme. Like the the father, Priyagopal, is all about you know I taught and that is a you know a noble activity. But now I'm kind of starting to see that there are some consequences to that that I'm not you know hugely happy about. Um, but I can still rely on my students and their. Well, so yeah, I mean that that isn't supposed to be taken well, though, right? And actually, he he ends up recognizing in the rehabilitative moment. So he, he falls down at some point. Um, his low point is that he goes to see this doctor. Uh, oh wait, I need to finish with Shurva and why this this has been a very full synopsis. I kind of I kind of want to break and talk about biscuits for a minute. Okay, can I just finish the thing about sure. Shurva? So. The, the the point is is that conservatism prevents him from questioning right and, and and really establishing the truth of whether the bank is okay or not right he's basically too obedient yeah right and so it's not just a matter of social conservatism it's also you know it's a matter of not being able to do well it. isn't that the like standard like american exceptionalism line right that you know democracy rah 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 and and right that that you know you need to question everything. You need to question everything. Well, I mean, there's that obviously is, there's is, a downside to that. That which is, is the edge. You know, though. you get Twitter, but yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, the the film it's Rye, right? So he's like a progressive humanist elitist, right? I mean, he he he's all about us moving away from things that are superstitious, right? Like in Devi, or things that are you know patriarchal or too too conservative, but. He, he thinks we should have a very well-educated, informed analysis of something or other, right? Um, I, I mean, it, it does need to be said that, like, even though... Uh, so we need to first remember that Rai was basically brought up by his mother because his father died when he was very young. So that explains a lot of the, you know, the strong women, the independent women that feature in his films. It's also a feature of the stories that he's adapting, but it's his choice to adapt those stories and how he adapts them. Um, but then, you know, in addition to that, uh, there's the fact that 
he comes from a pretty well-heeled family, even though he himself did not have that much when he was growing up. Um, the same is true for Tagore, by the way, right? We watched the documentary on Tagore, which we're not going to do a podcast episode on. But, you know, Tagore also comes from, like, a massive industrialist, like, wealthy family. Um, and so th- there is a certain amount of, you know, the romanticized view is not representative of the backgrounds of some of these figures. Um, yeah, it, it's... It's very much sort of I want to sit around and have things just kind of fall in my lap, which... Well, the, the, the characters who are supposed to be perceived negatively, yeah. Yeah. Like Bishon Morai, right? I'll just sit around and things will things will proceed as they have done, right? Yeah. And the same is true for Priyagopal. Yeah, and he's... I mean... I mean, we're supposed to sympathize with them because they are relics of a bygone era, but, like, Rai's pretty clear that it is a bygone era. Yes, yes. And, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. Do you need a biscuit? I I need a biscuit. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I think we need a brain break, so let, let us have our first biscuit feature okay. of the episode, and then we can take a break and actually eat the biscuit, and then we can come back and, and talk about... Um, Arty, who is like just more. I, I, this my thing is that I found this movie a bit like it's it's very interesting. There's a lot to talk about, but also the men are just boring. And this is what I have found because I'm reading a book about feminism right now, which is partially very interesting and partially kind of boring. And <laughs> because you know what, are, like there's not that much to say. Like men get in the way, right? Like if if you are part of that narrative that like of conservatism right that that men should be the the breadwinners and that you know you're afraid of of women like making their own way in the world and and looking pretty and you know being successful then you're just not that interesting a character right like yeah or at least not a character that i have very much like i i find it very hard to sympathize with the inner struggle of someone who is you know feeling tremendous anxieties because his wife went and got a job yeah, Maybe I'm just, well, like, too modern to, well, like, are. to deal, you but I, I just, yeah. I cannot get in that headspace. Yeah, I mean, you know, historical imagination is tough, right? We can't get into other headspaces that easily. Well, I mean, I can get I can get into the headspace in the sense that, like, I, I understand what they're, they're going through. I, like, I, 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 like, academically understand it. I just have no empathy with it and, or sympathy with it, and I just find it not... Like, I don't understand why, or it's not that I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like the inner struggle of, of, you know, insecure men should not be taking up that much attention and that they should just be told to, like, put on their big boy dotties and, and. That wouldn't be a movie, though. That would be a propaganda piece. I mean, a good one, but. Sure. I, I mean, just, that'd be like... rubbish as far as art is concerned. Yeah, no, I mean, um... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there is a world where in this movie, I mean, I said that it was the mirror image of Davy. And one of the things that I meant is that Davy, for all that it is about kind of making her less of a person, it does actually explore her inner world and her kind of thoughts and feelings, which I feel this does less, right? Well, it does it less because actually she's more confident. She is. She's more confident and she's more successful. But but just because she's confident and successful doesn't mean that she doesn't have her own anxieties, right? Her reasoning... Well, she does, right? That's why she's going to resign. Yeah, but it... Right, she has a She's also upset because she feels she's left... Remember her son gets ill? That's when the the students thought he was going to die. Yeah. Right? And she's torn because she didn't suddenly just say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to be, you know, looking after my son, but like I have these competing responsibilities and I'm kind of sad about having these competing responsibilities, but I'm going to go to work anyway. Yeah, I just felt like this movie would have been better had she had been 90% of the focus and the whiny men had been 10%. Oh. <laughs> you seem disappointed. It would have been like pretty monochromatic. But sure. <laughs> it's a black and white film. <laughs> I meant it as a metaphor. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe that is the, the more unimaginative. I was taught though. in school when I was like 12 that conflict was the essence of drama. If this all is you not see is one. a drama. This is like. They're all dramas. Okay, this is this is gonna like <laughs> this is gonna take a dark turn, but it is it is certainly not all drama, or at least not all the same kinds of drama. Well, sure. And no also, death. like I mean, you know, the the conflict 
<laughs> there are there are innumerable ways to to outline a conflict. Right, but like if you just see one character, it's the monologue. Monologues are pretty boring. No, I don't mean like you should just see one character. I meant that they could have made a lot more of her. Like they could have explored um, what's her name, Edith, a lot more. That I agree. And yeah, and like Artie's like encounter with that because Artie herself. She's clearly not as conservative as her family because she wants to go to work, but she does come from a reasonably conservative background, right? Um, and also she's styled in a very, like, classic Indian way. And she encounters this half-white woman who comes from a very different world to her, and they become friends, and they cross this language barrier. And it's just kind of... I mean, they could have just done a lot more with that, with, that like, two women kind of discovering each other's world and... Um, each other's lives, right? In in a way that would be, I mean, they, much more they sympathetic. Do, they to do them. have a scene, right? Where yeah, they have a scene. I think they could have had. Well, I'm they have saying... a scene at her house, but like they have scenes with her. They have several scenes with them talking in the workplace. Yeah, right? I'm saying that they also have a scene where she goes to Edith's house because Edith is sick. I'm saying the the major plot twist at the end is that Edith is sick. She has a fever. Uh, and so she doesn't go to work, and so Arati is taking on some of her responsibilities. But then it turns out that the the boss of the firm doesn't really like Edith because she's Anglo-Indian, right? So he's basically racist and has all kinds of suspicions about, you know, Anglo-Indian and some gen- generic character like Anglo-Indian women's... Uh, he doesn't even specify what it is. Yeah. But like, the innuendo is that, I don't know, she parties too hard, she yeah. drinks too much, I don't know. Um, but it's clearly a certain disturbance that being threatened at her sexuality, her lack of submissiveness, because earlier in the film, Edith is the one to go to him and say, look, we should all get a commission for our sales. Yeah, and then he specifically says to Artie that, uh, you know, why did the, the, you know, the white woman come to speak to me but not any of the Bengali women's I would prefer it if you came to me which is A sleazy and B and like, he is pretty sleazy and I'm like well you you just want someone who would be more submissive to your authority and that's that's just not how unionization works right and it's precisely um, what happens at the end in the twist when despite the fact that she's so successful for the firm she actually defends her friend and quits. Yeah. And he he's constantly threatening her with, you know, well, you, know, you don't want to jeopardize your position just to defend your friend. And she's like, well, you insulted her and I want you to apologize. Are you going to apologize? And he's like, no. And, you know, what would you do without a job? Because he knows that her husband, um, and that's another thing we should talk about, but he knows that her husband has also lost his job. And, you know, she, this is the great heroic moment. She's just like, Here's this resignation letter that I've been carrying around since the last time. Just change the date and she walks out. You know, much yeah. to the surprise of the boss, who says her name, kind of Mrs. Mujumdar, as she leaves, and in a kind of a softer, more plaintive tone as she walks out the door. Stella! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My point is that this could be reimagined easily as a, a female, a much more female centric movie starring, I don't know, Ashwarya Ray and Melissa McCarthy. And, That's an amazing movie, right? And and that you know takes takes as it's. This is part of my long protracted apology to Ashwarya. To Ashwarya. Well, not... and actually, there's an Ashwarya connection. Oh, go on. No, you go. Like, oh, uh, it's very convoluted, right? It's like uh, Joya Badri. It, so the, the, the film, sister is the, the sister Schubert's sister, sister who is also going to be like uh, an emancipated woman because she works hard to study for her exams but this she is the this is the debut or debut <laughs> appearance of Joya she she's Joya Bhadri she's she's very young at this point because yeah. the sister is uh, I mean she's she's a teenager yeah. she's actually she's going to school and she at some point is just like no you should pull me out of school not pay for my tuition as a way to help the family but the Arati is obviously you know, her, her sister-in-law, her older sister-in-law. Arati is, is very much like, no, you must, you must, you must continue. You've been doing so well. Uh, so it's an important moment, you know, even though she's a minor character in, you know, the education and, and progress of women. So anyway, so Joy Bhadri, much later in life, marries, like 10 years later, marries Amit Bachchan, the most famous actor in Indian cinema. Ever. And uh, they have two children, uh, one of whom is Abhijit Bachchan, who then... Uh, goes on to marry Ashwarya. So, yeah. So that um, is the Ashwarya connection. But anyway, so it's the like, Ashwarya like Melissa McCarthy movie would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But 
That would also be a different movie. It'd be a great movie about Edith and Edith and Anarvi. Fantastic movie. Look, I am I am I am being I am being reviewer too, and I am sending this movie back with a revise and resubmit and basically not, saying do it completely. Do it completely differently and don't in fact make any of the points about, you know. Uh, the, the, the yes, the approach that you're taking is out of date. Here's here's a, here's a better way for, for 2021. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel is a completely legitimate review. <laughs> anyway, can we now do our first biscuit feature? First biscuit feature. Okay, so this week we have a special uh, biscuit feature, and we've already said that it's not a biscuit. Um, so today is um, April second, also known as Good Friday. Um, so this is, this is Holy Week. Um, but also, haha, it is Holy Week. <laughs> holy um, was last Monday. Holy was, was this, this, this man- Monday just passed. And also it's still Passover. So this is a big holiday weekend. For big, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but because it is holy and also because of vaccinations, um, vaccinations and because we needed some holy stuff, we went to the Indian store. Yeah. Shout out to Deshi Brothers. Deshi Brothers on, um, Palmer, Palmer Lane. Yeah. And there we ba- we basically let the kids run wild, and we bought all sorts of things. Ella um, bought all the biscuits. Ella bought all the biscuits. Um, also, she she bought paneer um, because she called it tomato butter. Whatever. Anyway, um, I Indian, think she might be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Indian stores are a really good t- place to take young children to because they can literally do whatever they want. Like Theo, at some point, was just like pulling chapati from the like frozen section and you know yeah i try and keep a handle on it but i feel like a lot of the people in the store are like eyeing me and scolding me for like inhibiting my child well i think that is what they're doing because like uh, let him run free and give him a ludu you know (laughs) and i'm just this poor hungry child is begging you for chapati and you are scolding him and so no my british side comes out and and so was cute (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so we, uh, you know, it's great because the kids can do literally whatever they want and all you will be met with is is love and adoration. Plus, you get to buy Indians. In, well, so we, we bought a lot of biscuits. We have a ton of biscuits. This podcast is in biscuits for a long time. But we also bought, because it was holy, um, we, we we gave Ella... So because we had Passover on, on the Friday, Ella things that the way you celebrate a holiday is with dinner and so she wanted to do a holy dinner and we asked her what she wanted to do and she basically said that she wanted uh kulfi which is indian ice cream and indian sweets and indian rice <laughs> so it's a really healthy dinner it's a really healthy dinner and all our listeners in india are just like yes this is <laughs> what is wrong with this um so we bought a lot of sweets we let her pick so we have a selection of indian sweets as our first biscuit feature we got we got quite a large selection so we got ladus which are basically indian sweets are all variations on milk solids and sugar <laughs> so ladus are uh ground flour and saffron and milk solids and sugar yeah and they're like basically yellow yellow balls and we got a malai sandwich which is basically like i don't know what's in the middle it's all fried milk filled with it's fried all, yeah, milk. Yeah, fried with fried milk, like doused in in sugar syrup, and a bit of rose water, maybe? a bit of rose water, and pistachio. Yeah, that was a good call by that you. That was a the good Malai sandwich. Yeah. Well, because the picture yeah. had had edible silver foil on the oh, Malai sandwich, yeah. and I love edible silver. Yeah, I know, but it didn't actually. Yeah, it's always um, yeah, yeah disappointing. Anyway, uh, so we got that, and then we got um, Rosh Malai. Oh, which, I, which I'm partial to. Which we haven't opened yet. Yeah. And then we got... We got Gujia because in the Amea and Neil books... Yes. Gujia feature as, you know... As a holy... The holy snack with Tandai. I mean, it is it is a holy snack. because It says on the box that it is yeah. special. And they're like little dumplings filled with... I don't think I've ever had a Gujia before. Milk solids. And it's before. very like saffrony. It's, they're actually delightful. Yeah, they're, they're very nice. Yeah. We got surprise burfies. Uh, which Ella clearly snuck in the cart because we're not actually we don't love birthdays. I, I don't. I don't like birthdays. And then, sorry, sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> and then there's there's one more um, that I can't remember right now. Well, I have no idea. We did get some pistachio ice cream. We did get some pistachio ice cream, which we have not strictly speaking told the children. It's about. it's a it's set aside from it's the aside, other ice cream, yeah. so they can't see it when we open. Um, the oh, now the 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 missing the missing uh, sweet is going to bug me. Well, um, when we get the sweet, we'll report. back. Yeah, we'll report back. Yeah. So 
so yeah, I mean, Indian sweets are an, uh, an experience. They're they're <laughs> they're pretty intense. Uh, well, you... we gave them to uh, Ella's class. Oh shoot! You know, we forgot to do. What? We forgot to give them to Taco. Oh. <laughs> We we have forgotten, but we haven't opened the rosmalai yet. So we will so. give, yeah. So we have we we, 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 we put a rosmalai in the in the in the, the taco yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So they're they're a bit of an experience. Our Indian sweets. They're they're very sweet. They're well, very but the, the whole class really liked them, including the teacher. Oh, Ella's Ella's, Ella's class. class. Yeah. Yes, because yes, they're basically yes. just sugar. They basically just so sugar. for some reason though, Ella told the class that they were sour ladoos. I don't know why. There's a video of her explaining what holy is to everyone that you spread. Holy colors and colored water on each other. On each other and, and water balloons. Water balloons. She says with that great intonation, water balloons. Um, and after that, she said she was asked by her teacher what the food was, and she said sour laddus. And there's a great moment where one of the other kids off camera says, "I don't eat sour." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted yeah. to be like, don't worry about it. These are not sour. Rest yeah. assured. Rest assured. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to post some pictures on Twitter, um, if I remember. And um, and then we've got to do our other biscuit feature. We're going to well, run we'll, out of time. We'll, we're gonna... So, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pound some ladus. And then, <laughs> uh, when we come back, we will be talk- high on ladus. Uh, talk about the movie some more, and then uh, tell you about It'd our. Be so high, we'll think that giving a Zoom background is a great bit. form of recompense. <laughs> I mean, how much sugar do you need to think that? More than I think is is, is available. <laughs> President's office just stuffing their mouths full of ladoos. <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred it if they gave me some ladoos. Oh, that's exactly. So we, even... we retract the free Zoom background. Everybody have a ladoo, or even like free chocolate eggs. Uh, yeah, because it is Easter. Yeah. Or, you know. Or a lamb. Or a lamb. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Any, almost like anything tangible that. Okay, let's go and say yeah. uh, sensible things off mic while we eat our slash sweet. Okay. All right. that, that's gonna, that's much more exciting than what's actually going to happen. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're very satisfying, allowed to break. Shout out to Holder Arms. Indeed. For top quality. Um, I think... These are very saffrony. These are very saffrony. I think we prefer, as my family does, I think, the, the Bordelado to the Morichu Ladu with the smaller mm. the smaller balls. Yeah. We did order... You did order some fancy Ladus. Oh, that, yeah. I felt really so bad for the startup because, like, they, they, they've got a great line in, like, photographs of their Ladus, but they're, they're of the very crumbly sort. Yeah, they're very sandy. Which I think might be favoured in other parts of India, but I just can't get behind it. I need it to be sugary and moist. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I think that's probably a very good Ladu for a certain, you know, clientele out there. <laughs> but no. no, sorry. I, I was reminded of... What was the name... Of that sweet job when we had the chingara and the gangram, gangram, classic, classic indeed. So I, it, it reminded me that my favorite gangram sweet was the little shondishes that were wrapped in silver foil and that had pistachios the, like, on the inside. Oh, I don't even know what that is. That was I don't so know. good. I think of it as like a baklava shondish. Anyone who wants to write in to the podcast and, and tell, tell us, us what that is, please. But do. that is like. Top stuff. That is as good as as Indian sweets get. Yeah, yeah, it's not even. It's not actually even too sweet, and the nuts and the foil. Kind yeah, of plus the great thing about gangram is all their savory food is excellent as well. Yeah. Who doesn't want a little, you know, alufulkobi or whatever alufdom with, with you know a porta? It's just yeah. yeah. And their their samosas are right, samosas are, are the business. Yeah. Are the business. Okay. Well, now I'm hungry. Um. Anyway, so uh, you want to do our our second dub, uh, biscuit feature? I, I want to do back to back. Back to back because they're so different. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you you t- you take this. So this did not, in fact, come from the the Indian shop. Um, no, this just came from like central market. This came from our local supermarket, which had a improbably good sale. It had uh, a box of twelve banana choco pies for for two dollars. Now, a banana choco pie is essentially a meringue, right? Between it's like a creamy meringue Ooh. between two. Spongy biscuits coated in chocolate. I wouldn't call it meringue per se. That might be over glamorizing. Yeah, it's basically um, it's meringue. Yeah, it's a moon meringue style. It's a moon pie. That's what one of my students said in the chat. They were just like, "Oh, it's basically a moon pie." It's a moon pie. They covered in chocolate. 
Well, and also, so with the moon pie, I think, right, the, the cake is vanilla and the filling is banana. Uh, or is the cake also no, banana? No, the cake's all, because it's, right, it's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this is, it's, it's better. The, the banana chocolate pie. Yeah. The banana also, chocolate pie is like moon pie V2, yeah. Like, it's a... Uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's got that nice, like, I don't know, it's like two inches. Yeah. It's not like a moon pie is like a whole handful. Hmm. So it kind of crumbles everywhere as you eat it. With yeah. the chocolate pie, you could probably just put the whole thing in your mouth. I mean, I don't. So we are partial to <laughs> choco moon pies because uh, we used to drive across country from Texas to New Hampshire, as as one does. Um, and on the second day of the trip, we would drive across Tennessee. And as a treat, we would stop in some tiny gas station in the boonies and we would buy ourselves a banana moon pie and we would eat it. And it would uh, be One of these gas stations, notably... We were driving a red Volkswagen Beetle at the time, and uh, the woman in the shop, who's very, very friendly, said, Oh, is that your little car? <laughs> <laughs> and as I turned around, I, I saw it was a farming town. Yeah. Literally every other car was a truck. Yeah, and, I think uh, the population was like 3,000. They had like, in, yeah. in the convenience store, there was like a big like meat locker. It was like a wall of meat. A wall of meat. A meat yeah. wall. <laughs> Given the population of the town, there was like enough to feed the entire town. That was probably that. the local grocery store. That was the local grocery store. But anyway, so we like moon pies and, and choc pies. Oh, you're telling the, the, the DMZ, the, the, the North Korea thing. I don't actually know that. Well, I can't remember the, the exact details, but um, apparently um, choco pie is, is a Korean sweet. And um, it's it's smuggled across the DMZ to North Korea, where it is sort of used as as currency in in factories, and thereby corrupting the regime and and bringing upon upon. Well, we can also imagine shame upon Kim Jong Un just stuffing his face full of you know chocolate pies. Yeah. So H Mart has like has these like diaper sized boxes of chocolate pie. Like you can get 128 in a box, and I We've always always resisted. You have always resisted. Okay, I've always resisted. I have always wanted to buy them because I... It's an economy of scale. Yes. Also, that, that's the kind of thing I go for. Like, 128 chocolate pies. You know, go My big, father is go supporting or, you as we speak. He was always the one who used to buy those, like, enormous Cadbury things that, like... For Easter. For Easter, yeah. So there'd be, like, a kilo bar of Cadbury's or something like that. Yeah, which is not even that nice. No, I mean, you know, after after a while, you're like, oh, the chocolate's not that great. But, like, 128 chocolate pies, he'd totally be for that. Yeah. Anyway, so... um. We're actually sort of trying to reduce our sweet consumption. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it, but we are. And I was um, in the grocery store the other day, and I saw the the banana choco pie. And I've never seen banana choco pie before, so I was so excited. And also, it was on sale. It was like a buck ninety nine, so I had to get it. And it, it's been a good. It's one of my better decisions. I feel. I'm. Ne- I'm. I fully applaud you. So. Um, so yeah. So two. Here they go. Your double. Double biscuit feature. Laddus, chocolate pies, and a question uh, to be answered at... Your convenience. Answers. Yeah. Well, no, what are the addresses? We are at, as always, on Twitter at the Our House Pod and um, at Gmail at CalcuttaRHouse at gmail.com. Uh, and you can reach us through through both these these places and, and tell us your favorite biscuit or what that Shondesh delightful thingy is uh, from Gangaram. Gangaram. Yeah. And or perhaps direct us in, in exciting new biscuit directions. We're focusing Ooh, suggestions. Yes, yeah, suggestions. We're right now focusing on Indian stuff because we've just been to the Indian store, but we are very open to exploring the biscuits. Well, of the we're, world. we're itching to go to H Mart, the to enormous Korean store. I so. think though, in future seasons, right? Because we're going to do Israeli movies next mm. time, and then um, you said Chinese. Well, I was just throwing it out there. So I think you, maybe you had should, originally suggested it. We should have like. Themed. Sure. So we're going to need more help from our from our listeners. Well, I, I've got the Israeli biscuits down, yeah. but um, can't we just have a falafel? Yeah, <laughs> Israel's so big on cookies. We're very good on like dairy products and like chocolatey things, but yeah. not very big on wafers as well. But anyway, but yeah, we can have. I'm we just can saying, have... if we had a weekly falafel while we do the podcast, I wouldn't object. Just just put can it we out get there. falafel for lunch? Today, yeah. okay, we're gonna get derailed from get the big city because we live in a big city and we can get a falafel. Um, anyway, the movie, the, the movie. movie. So, um, uh, yeah, what did you want to say? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said, I, I struggle to to say the things w- with this kind of topic because it just seems obvious to me that 
women should go and do jobs that they are good at and their whiny husbands should shut up. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that, um, that, 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 that is the message of the film. But uh, in Oh, the, so one thing I did want to ask you. So, Edith. Oh, Edith. The... Uh, the Anglo-Indian... The Anglo-Indian... Um, um, who lives with her mother. Who lives with her mother. She has a feel the forgotten heroine of, of she, all of she this. She is, yeah. So, first of all, what is this, like, weird stereotype about Anglo-Indians? Because it's kind of interesting that Mr. What's-His-Name, the boss, is kind of, like, you know, people always talk about reverse racism, but, like, here is, like, an instance where actually... Yeah, so, right, he, we've already talked about how he has all of these kind of innuendos about her behaviour that she didn't really... So the film is also partly about lying. So initially, Arathi finds it quite difficult to lie. She When she, she interviews for the job, Shubrata has to tell her to tell his family that she's going out to visit her own family, right, rather than going to an interview. Um, so she doesn't even feel comfortable um, you know, coming up with a story and she needs to be fed the story. But later on in the film, um, she meets, I can't remember, is it Edith's boyfriend? But anyway, she meets someone and actually tells quite a protracted fiction about her own husband being successful and having his own business when that in fact is... is That's what I tell other people about you when, when we meet. That I'm a successful businessman. Yeah. Uh, what what do I do? You in have this a alternate company. Life? I have a company. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you do have what? a company. No, uh, it's kind of in name only. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I might you... prefer this alternate life. Uh, well, the company is called Veleras. So maybe you sell hides. Oh, I sell hides. Who would I get to do the hide making? Since I know nothing about the hide makers. The hide makers. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what kind of company do you want to be. It can be an exploitative. Hide company where you... Well, I guess it's exploitation you know, of animals, but yes. Or yeah. you could do one of those, like, vegan hides. Boom! Oh, out of mushrooms! Yeah, out of mushrooms, yeah, sure. produced by indigenous women. And then when you feel sleepy, well, so actually, this you is, can cover yourself in the mushroom hide and chew on it. That and brain. then it gives you that, like, four sigmatic mushroom buzz. Are you, are you looking for that uh, sponsorship? Because they uh, seem to sponsor like all of the podcasts. Yeah, you we're like to. the only podcast on the internet that is not sponsored by Forcing Matter. Yeah. So, uh, um. <laughs> so, uh, but that does bring us on to to Himanshu, the boss, right? So, you know, on the one hand, he's the person who is facilitating this entrance into the workforce, right, by these women. On the other hand, he is exploitative. He is racist. He is kind of patriarchal, and so. He is the, the, the mechanism in some ways for this transformation, but he's also clearly like inhibiting it. Hmm. Um, we should talk about what the, the job is as well. So the job is to be a sales girl. And when Artie, um, so they have this strange scene when they're like cuddling or whatever. And Artie's like, I will go to work because you're the only one carrying the burden of this family and I shall help you. And she's clearly imagining it as like this terrifying, I don't know, churn or, or, or whatnot, but she will bravely like go into it to help, to help her husband. And then he, he finds the ad and he keeps saying, we're going to apply for this job and we're going to do that. And he clearly likes that the ad is for a smart, attractive woman. But when he tells her that it's for a sales job, she, she's like horrified. And he's like, well, that doesn't mean that you're a hawker. A hawker? A hawker. A hawker. Yeah. But what this he really is... means a hawker. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, a, it's a class thing, right? It's not like a street seller, right? And, and that's the other thing. There's a snobbery there. Yeah. That is also being, right, played on. But the, the job, is to to basically to to walk the streets um, of Calcutta in search of upper class houses, which they are told specifically to target, and then to to knock on the door and talk to the uh, the housewife and and basically be like Bitcoin, like it's like um uh encyclopedia sales yeah. yeah, like it's a it's a door to door kind of thing, and and they actually show her doing it, and she is she is kind of good. At she gets it. better at it, right? Yeah. Initially, she's scared. Actually, I think it's an English person who opens. The well, it's door. an English man. Yeah, an English man, and there's a dog and yeah, it barks, and she's, she's scared, like... and so she just runs away from the door. Um, but then, as she gets into it, she builds a rapport with you know the clients, and yeah, uh, yeah she's she's very good at, at, at yeah. persuading them of the virtues of mechanizing this and, work and that they're like, doing by hand. Yeah. And actually, that's explicitly one of the discussions, right? So, some one of the women says, "Yeah, I mean." 
it's it's a lot of work to make things for my kid. The kid's at home sick, right? Um, yeah, and she she picks up a, a throw that's on the couch, and she says, "Oh, is that your work?" And the the woman says, "Well, I yes, that's my work, but I haven't done this for ages because well, because we have kids." And she's like, "Well, if you get this machine, that's going to be easier for you, and you're going to be able to make all of this." Now I'm just like, "You really you're scamming a woman like." A woman's free time. Nobody has that kind of time, right? Like you could not. Like I like craft, but you could not sell me a craft machine so that I can make, you know, fancy well, embroidered throw that my kids would puke on. Well, but th- so this is the thing, right? That is a generational change because, as we all know, our, our mothers and grandmothers did do a lot more. My of that. mother and grandmother and your grandmother. Your mother remains staunchly oppo- opposed to all needlecraft, for which she gets a lot of credit. For me. Well, she, I think she did a little bit when she was younger. Yeah, but, but she said she hated that. it. She's not a fan of needlecraft. But, like, that's the thing, right? She's too, like... Yeah, she, she wants to... No, was she? she she's very she, arty. She's, like, a very good... She, she prefers painting. She prefers painting, yeah, yeah. but... But the, the, the machine... Like, I remember, like, when I went back to my grandparents' house, there, there was a sewing machine there. And, yeah. You know, um, my, my, my grandmother was born in, like, the 1920s or something, yeah. right? But, I mean, my mother has several sewing machines. But your mother's a lot younger, right? But with I'm saying that of the generation that is appropriate for this film, right? Yes, they did. Well, I will... They would have done it by hand, they did do it by hand, and then they did it with machines. I will say it, that... It, 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 is, it is real. That I, you know, I do a bit of embroidery and... You know, I can I can sew a button on, and I will say that these are, I think, skills that people should have. Right. I once asked my my grandmother how to mend a sock, and my grandmother was like appalled, appalled and like almost refused to teach me. And she was like, "Why do you need to know this? Like, just buy new socks. It's so cheap." It's going to be better than like any mending that you're going to do, which, you know, I chose not to take personally. Um, <laughs> and then she showed me. And so I like, technically, I know how to mend a sock, but like, if you've I start, literally never done that. Well, because if I mended any, uh, all the holes in your sock, I'd be doing it. You don't need to mend them. Day. I just wear them with holes, much to my mother's distress. Um, I threw away a pair of socks the other day. You saw me. I threw away a pair I, of socks. I did. With I, will, I, will, I will interject here with a message to Promet's mother that uh, the day of, of clothes with holes are over he is throwing them out left right and center under pain of being kicked up the butt <laughs> so i did it voluntarily okay maybe yeah, sure. um sure you did <laughs> um but so i think that you know it's not you know a i, I don't i mean maybe we could view the machine as like i don't know a surreptitious patriarchal move no, but I, don't, I, I, don't I don't think it's intended i mean it's just like you know capitalism right because obviously the underlying assumption is that she'll she'll sell this woman this machine because what the woman is actually buying right is the the dream of having having it all right of being able to do the beautiful embroidery and like having the kids because somehow this yeah, machine exactly. will produce all the stuff yeah. that's how like everything marketed at women ever right works because it preys on the impossible double standard that is set upon well which women. she herself suffers from right yeah but it's you know it's quite i mean my my bigger point was that this this company is very much about getting women to go out and sell this product to to other women yeah. which i guess is itself quite i mean the 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 class right dynamics there are are quite interesting because the the implication is that these women are wealthier and yeah. you well know. i mean one of the addresses on like Alipur road and the, that is immediately signaling that it's a wealthy wealthier part of Gaza. What, where is it in Gaza? I mean, I can't tell you, like, you know, compositions, but it's 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 in like, the, the central, right. yeah, yeah. Central and that's, south. I guess, we should we should start wrapping up. But I think maybe the last thing to talk about is Calcutta, right? I mean, because this movie is called the big city, the big city, and that's what she says at the end in the most you know positive moment when she says they've both lost their jobs, Shubhraven and, and Arati. Arati's given it up heroically, and then the two of them actually. They get a kind of rapprochement in this moment, not because, oh, well, now that you're unemployed, you know, you're back to where I want you to be, which is what the Shubhrathov, like, the earlier part of the movie would have said. But instead he says, no, I think we're both going to get jobs. And that yeah. is, like, literally does, the most positive thing. He does He does go through a, a journey. He, of, he goes through yeah. a journey, yeah. Um, and, and then they walk off into the city together. Yeah. And it is also nice that she quits... 
out of like right female solidarity, right? Yeah. Um, her friend has been offended, and so she she storms off. And she's worried that he would be annoyed because she is the breadwinner. Yeah. But he's not, right? And he says, "Well, I'm not angry." And I don't know if he knows the whole story behind why she quit. She she does explain, but but right, but but her her resignation is, I feel, kind of right. It's it's an empowering moment, right? She she chooses her own fate, and and he's accepting of that, right? And and that's. I mean, yeah, that's nice. And then the camera pans out on them kind of crossing the street and walking into the, you know, a crowded Calcutta scene. Um, and he does walk 10 feet in front of her. Like, yeah, it's pretty like, pretty normal. Oh, <laughs> it's not 10 feet. But yes, there, there is definitely a, yeah. a, a, a slight distance. 10, 10 steps. Um, but it, but it is nice, yeah. right, after all these urban... Uh, sorry, after all these rural films. Yeah. Uh, to see... Just like an urban, an urban movie. What is very optimistic about the city? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a very clean Calcutta. Uh, well, it was, and an empty. And the yeah. Calcutta. So when I was telling the students that they need to kind of encompass the population change between like you know the nineteen fifties and today, where the city has gone from like four million to fourteen million in the same time that New York has gone from like twelve million to eighteen million. So like the scale of difference is pretty large. So it, I mean, my parents always say that. It, like visually was very different in the 1950s and 60s you know to, to what it is today but yeah i mean it's still busy right i mean that last scene still has a lot of people on the on the road but yes but they're all um middle class people right in the films in the in well, that last scene in that that pan out the street I remember they're all because i remember being very struck by the the whiteness not the whiteness of the, the people but um because rt is wearing um She's wearing a sari. A light sari. Yeah. Her sari. The other thing that was nice, I was just saying, this is a, a, a bracket, that in all of the rural movies, they all wear, like, th- their sari is sort of Bengali style, and it's very frumpy, right? It's very, like, shawl, shawly, right? Uh, well, I mean, because it, it's, it, it, it's, it's more poor, practical it's than it is. It's more people wearing, like, whatever clo- clothes at home. Your mother wouldn't be caught dead in a sari like that. Yeah, I mean, this and, is and so like it was nice to see this because when she goes to work, um, her saris become a lot more form fitting. They become they're tied, oh yeah, they're like they're tied a lot better. They're a lot like, more expensive. Yeah, her yeah. hair is done. Like she she wears jewelry, um, and so she's a is much. Is this the more Sex like, and the City aspect? But you no, it's just like <laughs> nice to see the. It's a big lamb, the, and it's yeah. supposed to be a big lamb. But like it, it's contrast, like the you know the mother. Well, and Edith is still has wearing... these like swish sixties, like, oh yeah, new, new look skirts. It's, yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. nice to see. Well, and and they clearly enjoy it, right? And it's just it's nice to see women like dress up and feel. Yes, the confidence does go hand in themselves hand, and with... you know wear lipstick. Yes, and, yes, you know lipstick features in this one. Um, and and that that is nice. But when they they pan out on that that last scene, she's wearing a, a light colored sari. I, I I doubt that it's white. Um, no, it won't be completely white. It was patterned, but yeah. Um, and then he's obviously wearing a white shirt. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, but that's like the color scheme for the entire street. Like there's a lot of men wearing a white shirt and like trousers, and women wearing like light colored right um, saris. And it doesn't look like. Um, so it's not meant to. It doesn't look like you know there aren't like you know hookers or um, you know it. It looks like a bunch of office people milling around on the street like. I, I mean, I didn't remember the detail, but yeah. As, as they do. Well, I mean, I, I, I suppose that gives some, right, credibility to the idea that there are... Because she says there are a lot of jobs out there, right? Yeah. It's a big city, so yeah. then, then there must be one for them. And he says... Two. Two. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and off they go into their urban uh, middle, middle class future. Yeah. Oh. So uh, more, more, uh, more women next week. Oh, what are we watching next week? Uh, Charlotte, which is probably Ooh. his most famous film, other than Potipati. So, are you going to find your father's uh, review? I, d- I don't even know how I would go about doing that. But um, my father apparently reviewed it for I, I don't even remember which newspaper way back when. But yeah, maybe someone, one of our listeners, can can dig it out. Um, but uh, yeah so that's next week's movie Uh, and then we get a musical comedy after that so things take a zag Um, it's kind of a fantastical musical comedy Uh, and then things get dark suddenly the city is not it's not so optimistic anymore oh yeah sadness Uh, 
Yeah. Hey, look, okay. we had one week of non-death and just unemployment. Which is ironic on Easter week. Yeah, yeah that is ironic. Yeah. yeah. When we can focus on Easter Monday rather than... Yes. Easter Friday. Good Friday. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is today. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, thank you for joining us on this slightly meandering romp through biscuits and... That's just the, the condition of the podcast. That is true. Uh, you can, as ever, find us on Twitter at thatourhousepod and email us at calcuttaourhouse at gmail.com. Give us, give us some, uh, we would love for you to review the, the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give it, give it some, some stars, ideally four or five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and tell, tell your friends we have a, a, a nice growing listenership. We have a burgeoning but, audience. Yeah, but we would like it to burgeon even further. And we'll see you for and more biscuits will, yes, next time. More biscuit, more movies next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.